Welcome to the Forward 40 Podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Forward 40. Very excited to have the guest in the guest chair today. We have with us Carla Boldery Cardenas Alvarez, who is the Cincinnati Market Manager for La Mega Media Incorporated, which is the largest Hispanic media platform in the state of Ohio. In addition to that, Carla has a background in nonprofit management, economic development, and economic opportunity. So welcome, Carla. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. So I am so looking forward to uh, our conversation. Me too, me too. Um, So you are of Mexican heritage, and you come from a lineage of entrepreneurs and business owners. So can you tell us more about your background and how your background has impacted your career trajectory? Absolutely. Um, I was actually born in Mexico City um, uh, a a while ago, and I actually moved into the States about a little over uh, 20 years ago. I I actually have spent more time in the U.S. than I had in Mexico City, which is really, really hard to believe. uh, so, uh, you know, I, I actually moved here um, in northern Kentucky, which is the metro area for uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and I've been here ever since. Uh, as you said, uh, my my parents, both, uh, even my grandfather, uh, was an entrepreneur. My mother owned her own practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she still does. My, my father and my grandfather had a their own business. So, yes, it was in my background. However, I never really thought that that's where I would go to um, with it. I, I really never thought about going into business. Um, I first studied architectural design. Oh. But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until I actually moved here uh, to the States that um, I, I, I saw the opportunity because I was called about, about 11 years ago. Uh, to really focus on on helping out the entrepreneurial community here um, in the Cincinnati metro area, uh, which I love uh, the opportunity. So, I that's when that's when it actually my career um, in this entrepreneurial world started. Uh, even though I had that background, which I love, and, mm-hmm. and I believe it's me because I remember being uh, when I was young, I always. Uh, would play or role play that I would have my own business, <laughs> and I love stuff. <laughs> In fact, uh, when I was when I was little, one of my one of my ideals was that I wanted to be the cashier of my own business because I mm. wanted to make sure that I handle the money. Wow! So you know, um, uh, a few years later, here I am actually 
uh, doing something similar, but even more impactful, really helping Hispanic-owned businesses get started. So, you know, it, it was actually uh, when I got started, I started as a business advisor for the Ohio Small Business Development Center, mm-hmm. uh, which is a not-for-profit organization that is funded partially by the Small Business Administration. And through them, uh, really, my role was to uh, grow the Hispanic market. Uh, we had seen that even though we are considered a low percentage, you know, within the population, certainly not only uh, we were growing fast, uh, but definitely, um, you know, it was it was probably the group that it was starting businesses faster than any other group. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Carla. And I know like when we spoke, it's just like even thinking about Kentucky, right? <laughs> Greater Cincinnati, <laughs> Midwest. Um, what like what are you seeing in terms of just like the population of Hispanic speaking population, like in terms of demographics? Where are people well, coming I- from? You know, um, that's, a, that's a very interesting question because I can tell you within the past 20 plus years that I've been here, I, I have definitely seen the, the, the landscape changing, right? Mm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because the census data is so old, which we hope that this is going to change uh, from everybody making sure that everybody counts. Uh, yes. So I hope that you already filled out the census. Um, because I, I did. I, I have, yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of that, uh, but definitely I can tell you a point of reference. When I came here, um, uh, my son Carlos was going into, when he was going into first grade, he was the only Hispanic person uh, in his whole classroom. And I think let, let alone in the whole elementary school, which mm. it was it was shocking for me. Uh, today, I have a 10-year-old. And, and he's, his classroom is probably 60% Hispanic and they wow. speak Spanish. Wow. So that to me gives me an indication of how much we've changed in the past 20 years. Mm. Uh, obviously, there are other ways that we can, you know, estimate that. You see a lot of uh, small businesses getting started. You see a lot of communities um, growing. And, 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 you know, to your question, uh, the the Hispanic population here in, in in Cincinnati it is as diverse as Hispanics are. Um, you know we still see most of uh, of them coming from a uh, Mexican descent. Mm-hmm. However, we have a huge Guatemalan uh, population, Peruvians, Colombians, Brazilians. A lot of people from uh, Venezuela have also migrated into the area in the past, um, uh, I'm going to say in the past five years or so, we wow. have seen a huge influx of Hispanic um, you know, people coming into the area. Wow. Wow. So that point, yes, the point that you made about the, the census is so key. Um, like you, you had mentioned, like even just within the, the region itself, that the Latino population made up roughly like 4% in the last census. So again, very, very important that uh, people are ensuring that they are counted because of the supports that are available and um, just also representation, right? And where resources need to go. Um, How did you go about, 
creating a pipeline of Latino-led businesses when, you know, like when you first kind of entered the market, you shared that the entrepreneurial ecosystem, it was more focused on African-Americans. So um, how did you go about creating that pipeline and who were the partners that helped you uh, with this effort? So um, it was it was also very interesting because when I first got started, and in, in, I'm saying this was over 11 years ago, uh, I thought this was already a given, right? I, I am of Hispanic descent. I look Hispanic. I speak the language. And I really thought that that's all it was needed to make sure that we were able to connect with the Hispanic community mm-hmm. and be able to deliver uh, the services um, to help the entrepreneurial community grow. And it was it was actually not true. It was something that we had to figure out. Um, and as you said, it was not just for me to come and say, hey, I'm here to help you out, but actually to first really be part of the community. So um, the community involvement, um, you know, and volunteerism was a huge part on me connecting really deep down graduates with the community mm. and to really build that trust uh, so that we could we could really connect with the resources. Uh, uh, also, you know, partnering with other organizations that have already built that trust. So, you know, it, it does, uh, as you said, it really came down to creating a huge network of, of support from people that were already connected at a at a trusted level with the Hispanic community and uh, with the partners that are able to really provide the resources. And it is, you know, on, on this side, as you said, you know, primarily before, before you know, we started with the focus on the Hispanic community, it was heavily um, focused on the African-American community. But uh, the only reason is because there was really no knowledge on how to connect with the Hispanic community. Mm. And it really, it really took not only to have me that uh, I know... Um, you know, the community, or, or I can represent the community, but also that I was part of the learning on how to really connect with the community and, and build that trust. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, trust is definitely, definitely key. Um, I think it's a great point that you mentioned that even though uh, you are of Latin descent, you speak you speak the language, it wasn't just, you know... Um, it, it that wasn't enough, <laughs> you know. Like you really, you you really needed to go about building those relationships uh, with with people in the community um, to to just ensure that your intentions that they were able to to see that your intentions were pure um, and for the benefit of their advancement and and greater supports within the the region. Correct. So through those um, those outreach efforts, you know whether that was uh, through the chamber, uh, the urban league, you know you were able to found and launch Latina Entrepreneur Academy. So can you tell us more about the academy, who it serves, um, kind of like the, the cycle of the programming, and what gaps have you been able to fill through the academy? Absolutely. I this is this is totally near to my heart uh, because actually through uh, what I was mentioning to you, it actually um, 
got started earlier on as, as that strategy that I mentioned to you, mm-hmm. uh, that I knew that I needed to connect with the community uh, at a deeper level, not only uh, offering services of, you know, free business consulting. So I looked around for organizations that cater to the Hispanic community that were, you know, well-known already in the community. And I found the League of United Western American Citizens, or, uh, you know, for short, is LULAC. Mm. LULAC is the, the oldest Hispanic organization in the U.S. And um, while I knew some about LULAC, I really did not know uh, how broad and how impactful their mission was uh, for the Hispanic community. So I, I joined with, you know, with them as their communications manager. And the next year I was, I was voted president. Mm, wow. um, during, during that time, um, you know, it was probably about three years later, uh, there was a national opportunity uh, funded by LULAC uh, to actually create the Latin Entrepreneur Academy. So to me, it was the perfect combination of, you know, what I have been doing, you know, through my work and my my volunteerism or community efforts. So it was like a, the perfect amalgamation of, of the both. So when I when I saw that opportunity, I actually went ahead and, and applied with a micro grant that Lulek had offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure enough, we were selected uh, for the first round. Um, uh, today and 2020, we're still going strong. We have our fourth year class. Uh, we do this every summer, and we, uh, you know, we select. We have we have helped over 100 Latinas uh, with this program. And what this program does is, in about 20 or so hours of um, of training, we go through the basic principles on what does it take for you to actually get a business started, or if you already have started a business, you know, to make sure that you have uh, enough information or enough connection to resources to see it grow. Mm. Uh, So we actually, we actually got started in 2017 with that micro grant. Um, We were uh, the only, um, the only location, so Cincinnati was the only location that uh, got selected for a second time in 2018. Wow, and congratulations. Thank you. Uh, by 2019, Lolak went away with the program. Uh, they actually were no longer offering this program, so, uh, you know, that, that, was not, that was not good for me or, or not good for us. And I definitely thought that, you know, there's, at that point, obviously, Lulac would have been uh, the first one to push the, the motion. However, by then, I had already built a partnership with other organizations that were also invested in trying to help Latinas to start their business. Great. So that, you know, 2019 for us was really um, not the start, but it was, it was, a reborn. We mm. we had we had made it, um, you know, our own entity. In fact, every year we have about twenty to thirty people that are waiting for the next class to start to get started. So, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm super excited about that. I I love that there are always 
um, organizations and people that are interested uh, to help, you know, people thrive, and especially within business. Wow, wow. I, I appreciate how you have been able to still sustain and that you were committed to the work, even though um, a lead funder um, and also supporter is no longer, you know, like in, in the position to support in the way that they did, uh, but that you still continue to carry the torch um, and have been committed to the academy. Um, in terms of like what the the impact that you have seen, right? Uh, what are you most proud of? Um, or, or kind of like if you can recall like a testimonial from one of the women that have been a part of the academy? Well, I think, and I, I have shared this with you, and I uh, that that's uh, one of the one of our uh, participants, and I believe it's a, a class that two years ago uh, that that came came to me on our graduation day, and uh, and shared with me that uh, the academy has been great for for her. That not only that she you know she had actually got started or was interested to join the academy to help on her husband's business mm-hmm. uh, and that she gained enough knowledge to to do so. But uh, not only that, that she was already uh, inspired and excited, already thinking about ideas and what uh, type of businesses that she could get started with herself. So that's when it actually clicked for me. You know, it really Obviously, uh, we want to make sure or we want people to start businesses. We want people to be successful. Uh, we want all that. We want people to generate revenue. But at the end of the day, when I heard that, I knew that it, it, it goes beyond that. It is actually about that snap that happens inside of you. Uh, for you to become self-sufficient, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, however that is. I have shared it with my class that whether you start a business or not, uh, at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. So whenever you start, um, you know, applying the principles that we we teach at the class, whether it's for your professional development or whether it's for your own business, things really start changing, um, you know, from perspective and in results. Uh, just because of that change in attitude. So, uh, you know, it really, it really made me realize that that what we were going after is that self-sufficiency and economic empowerment for Latinas. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I, I love the the self-sufficiency part, um, especially at a time like this where a lot. I mean. <laughs> A lot is actually an understatement <laughs> of people who have either been furloughed, uh, laid off, and um, are trying to figure out like what they're going to do, um, whether they're looking towards their state uh, for support or, you know, kind of losing hope even in the federal, you know, government um, in terms of how they're going to be able to sustain uh, for themselves and for their families. All right. And, you know, um, with this transition, like even in the space of you being in radio, like you've also uh, the founder and the host of Miércoles de Negocios, and um, which for those that don't know Spanish, uh, means business <laughs> business Wednesdays. <laughs> and um, I guess 
You know, people say that necessity is the mother of invention, and we are indeed in a moment of crisis and also necessity. Like, What would you say to those um, that are thinking about starting a business and um, especially like in this moment? Should they be encouraged or discouraged? Uh, I believe uh, that totally, uh, you know, disruption of any kind uh, really pushes you to innovate. Um, And in this case, uh, you know, we have seen and we have seen historically that uh, moments of crisis have really uh, put people on that on 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 the on the um, uh, in a in a place where they can actually take the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes we are afraid to take risks, and sometimes we just do not want to take, you know, be out of the comfort zone. However, have you said whenever you're pushed to it, uh, you just have no other option. So definitely, it is a great time. It's a great time to to really evaluate, you know, is this what I want to do? Is, you know, I've been thinking about starting my business. Should I start now? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the time is now. Uh, and the time to take action is always now. Uh, we just we just are the biggest barriers for ourselves uh, over analyzing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I am saying that you should just go out on the blind and you should do your due diligence and do all the work that it requires. But definitely, I I will encourage, you know, those that um, all of you that that thought about starting that business, that side gig, or whatever you have thought that right now it's a good time. Uh, make sure that that you're connected to your resources. Make sure that you're understanding why it, why is your purpose, uh, because that purpose will define uh, your success. Mm. And uh, and and definitely, uh, as as you said, you know, my my pivot to the radio was precisely that. After seven years, actually having the the radio the radio segment uh, in which I share. Uh, topics about small businesses for for our area. Uh, our um, the radio was acquired um, by a female Hispanic new owner. So long story short, she actually convinced me to join the team, and and that's how uh, I came to become the the general manager. I again, given my purpose, I believe that. Uh, with what I know and who I know, um, you know, with this new uh, role, uh, my 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 impact could be a lot greater, uh, and I really hope to do so. Yes, I just love, 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 love that you pivoted to radio. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, talk about entrepreneurial, right? <laughs> like, um, and and then the fact that you know you were able to be at a radio station that, you know, was already owned by a Latina. Like that is just uh, amazing. Right. Um, and, and, you know, like the biggest media platform in the state of Ohio, again, amazing, amazing. What have you enjoyed most about your journey in radio? Um, I, I am going to tell you, I don't know. What is it? Um, I think that piece, uh, you know, as, as my, 
as as my professional development continued growing um, with the things that I was doing um, more and more, uh, the journey was taking me away from the Hispanic community, mm. and and I think that 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 really fits my energy. Uh, and and you know, I I really took that leap into a totally unknown territory because I have no idea about radio. Uh, I mean, I really don't. Uh, but you know, I've been I've been talking about business and helping businesses for over ten years. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Okay. Um, it, 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 you know, I I learn. I love learning, so I can do that. I can also be connected to uh, to a community that I love and that I want to make sure that I can help in any way I can. Mm. Um, so you know, it, it it was it was a pretty package. So I think that that that's the portion that I really really enjoy. Uh, being connected to to the Hispanic community. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was there was there was times that you know the only time that I would speak Spanish, other than in my house with the kids, and it was in Miércoles de Negocios when I used to go to the radio, and to the point that my mother used to say, "You know what? You you have totally forgotten Spanish," and I was mm. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Oops, mom." <laughs> Now I I I sometimes even think am am I am I forgetting English? <laughs> I hope not. Because <laughs> I'm like speaking Spanish most of the time. Wow, wow! I love that. Like it's it's interesting that you said that as you were growing, like in your career, you felt like you were becoming more disconnected from the community that you cared the most about, and you you know felt um, the most connection to and here you are like in this space that it's completely or was completely new to you and you're still learning uh, and you're being able to, you're in a position to share your lessons learned and still be of service to the community. I just, again, hats off to you because your, your journey is just very clear that you see the need, you identify like who the players need to be, to solve this need and then you just make it happen. So um, thank you. Thank you so much, Carla. No, thank you. And thank you very much for, you know, allowing us to have this space and this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that we close with our tea affirmation and your tea affirmation can be in English or in Spanish, whatever flows from your spirit, Carla, what would be your tea affirmation for our listeners? So I, uh, my tea affirmation is, is my favorite quote, which is, uh, I don't know who created it, it's unknown, uh, but it proceeds as if success is in- inevitable. Mm. Uh, I love that quote. I, I tell it to my kids all the time. And I always say this, it's just like, just do it. You know, you'll figure out whether it works or not later, but just proceed as if success is inevitable. Oh, I love it. I love it. And indeed, resemblant of your journey, just like pushing forward as though it, it's already done. Like, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. How do people stay connected to you, the work that's going on, you know, um, at the radio and just like your, your work in the in the community? 
Well, uh, you know, you can you can reach out to me at any of uh, my social media channels. You can reach out to me through LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm always open to connect. And uh, also our, our website. Um, if you ever need anything, uh, whether it's uh, personal or uh, related to, you know, the things that I'm passionate about, which are small businesses, women, uh, minority-owned or Hispanic, and of course, radio, uh, <laughs> please don't hesitate to reach out to me at any time. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so, so much, Carla. You're a true inspiration. And I'm so, so glad to have met you and to also know that there are leaders like you that are making this happen for, for the community. Oh, well, thank you. And I really, really appreciate you. And I, I hope to stay connected. And if there's anything that I can do for you, please let me know. Aw, thank you so much, Carla. <laughs> Until we connect again, sip, sis, say la, share, and continue to serve.